Kia ora and welcome to Candidate Korero. I'm Ethan Manera. And I'm Zoe Mills, and we are the Salient News Editors. This is our 2023 election podcast, where we'll be chit-chatting with local candidates and the big dog party leaders to break down the dense and boring party politics and show students what's on offer this election season. Keep an eye out for all the upcoming interviews with Wellington Central and Rongatai candidates, and check out the written interviews each week in Salient. So I guess we'll just start off by um, getting you to introduce yourself to those who maybe don't know. So yeah. Kia ora koutou. I'm Marama Davidson, co-leader of the Green Party of Aotearoa and based in Manurewa, Auckland. Kia ora. I'm James Shaw. I'm also the co-leader of the Green Party uh, and I'm based here in uh, Whanganui Atara, Wellington, which is where I grew up and yeah. went to university. Am I allowed to ask whereabouts in Wellington you live? For our... Aro Valley. Out of Valley, nice. Well, actually, I don't live there anymore, but that's where I grew up and right. lived until actually quite recently as well. Big student population there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Did you and ever live in one of the sort of shittier student flats? And um, so my family lived there and I lived at home while I was at university, um, uh, but visited lots of those mm. crappy student flats. Yeah. yeah. So what are the Green Party sort of selling to students this election? What are your election proposals for students and young people who are struggling with the cost of living crisis, the housing crisis, transport? Yeah, well, starting with the first priority that we went out with that I'm super proud of was our income guarantee, which includes and is for uh, students, people who are studying and people who are out of work. And so having a reliable um, and minimum $385 a week so that students don't have to worry about... um, sustainable, you know, regular income, but also extra top-ups. We know there are many students, I was one, who are studying with children and um, are caring for children. And so extra top-ups on top of uh, their student allowance, their their income guarantee, to support them as well. We know that many students rent, and so it was really important for us to go strong out also with rent controls um, to restrict the rent increases And also, we know that students far too often are living in crappy, quality, unhealthy, cold, drafty homes. So a comprehensive warrant of fitness for homes um, is going to help students in all those different ways. Those are just some of the priorities for us that we know are really popular with everyone, but have a particular benefit for students as well. Yeah. On the... So it's a $385 per week payment. How is that different from the current situation where you've got student allowance and student loan living costs? It's it's more is my understanding. Um, so it's more uh, and it's also what our policy isn't just about the amounts of income support but easing the system up as well mm. and being more accessible and available to more people. Um, I also know that there are many students who, uh, with disabilities who are disabled. Mm. And so what our ending poverty plan, which is the income guarantee, what it also picks up is making sure that disabled students are independent and um, individualising the, the entitlements yep. so that you're not dependent on anyone else's income or having a partner or not to be able to receive your solid income support. Um, so a lot of these... A lot of these changes are not just about having a, a, a good amount, but also about accessing um, what people should just be entitled to as well. Yeah. So I guess is the issue you're trying to solve the, the unfairness in the current system. So we've got a student allowance where 
it's means tested on your parents' income. And then you have, if you're not eligible for that, which many aren't, then it's student loan living costs. There's a lot of people who just slip through the cracks. And um, the income, the reason it's called an income guarantee uh, is because um, what we're acknowledging is that, you know, whilst people might be getting support at the moment, you know, the fact is that many, many people aren't, even though their circumstances in many ways are very, very similar. And so we just want to be able to say to everybody, you know, regardless of your circumstances, whether you find yourself, you know, um, kind of, you, you know, if you've lost your job, um, or if you're uh, studying or retraining or anything like that, um, this support will be available to you, uh, guaranteed, mm-hmm. if you need it, mm-hmm. when you need it, whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. And what about postgraduate study? I know Labour obviously campaigned on reintroducing the postgraduate student allowance, yeah. as well as having fees yeah. free for all three years. Yeah. That was scrapped basically as soon as COVID happened. So what's the Greens policy on That's always been a policy for us to um, bring back in the postgraduate allowances. And it's something that we'll continue to support and work for as well. Mm. And what about um, student debt? So like student debt is a huge issue. Obviously, Chris Hipkins back in the day was campaigning on free education mm. and things like wiping student debt. What's the Greens policy on, on wiping student debt balance? We, look, we're really, I mean, <laughs> it's a massive burden. Mm. And, and we also know, you know, people are deferring, having families, yeah. they're deferring, obviously, being able to buy a house. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, finding themselves kind of many tens of thousands of dollars uh, in debt right at the point when they're just starting their career and also kind of at the worst pay. The thing that we that we are focusing on in, in the next term of Parliament is on ensuring that people have enough to live on right now. Yeah. Um, so um, we're uh, not planning on changing the student loan system immediately um, other than uh, to make sure that the payments become progressive because mm-hmm. at the moment... You end up paying the same high rate no matter what your income, and you know that's eye-watering for someone on a on a starting on a starting wage. So we want to make sure that actually you can have much much lower payments mm-hmm. kind of early on. Um, you know when obviously when you're not earning as much, but it is critically important f- um, for us to ensure that people are getting the support so that they can actually study and that they don't have to put themselves into dire straits in order to do that. The amount of money that the amount of debt that people are taking on is driven mm. by the fact that they don't have enough to, to live right. on. Mm. So the debt burden will come down right. because they're getting the income guarantee. Less, that, reliance, that less yeah. reliance on the student loan yeah. because of the income guarantee that we're talking about um, and because that's actually where a lot of the burden and need, need for loans goes. So it's basic stuff. I know that, you know, people are having to rely on loans for just being able to survive. Yeah. Why is it that you guys aren't coming straight out and saying that you'll wipe student debt, like, out the gate? Is, like, is it more of, like, an acknowledgement that Labour would never do that? I'm actually not sure. We, we, don't, we don't look sideways at Labour policies a lot. You know, no. <clears throat> I mean, you do get into this... In politics, you get into this really silly, silly kind of rolling, roll-out game. Mm-hmm. You know, the policies that we have got, um, what we do is we say uh, we want students to be debt-free and not have to carry that burden. We want make, make sure that people are able to access education. We believe that that is a public good mm-hmm. and a human right. Um, and we also look at um, what we can do in the next term of Parliament and we always, you know, we obviously look beyond that as well, right? But you kind of go, well, what, what do we need to do right now? 
And we know that right now, mm. you know, people are really struggling with the cost of living, mm. students in particular. Uh, and so, I mean, that's where the income guarantee comes from. Um, that also comes with a tax-free threshold on the first mm. $10,000 of income. That's going to benefit, you know, students and recent graduates um, disproportionately just because you know, generally lower income earners at that early stage in, in your life and your career. We're also, as Martin said, you know, looking at rent controls. We've also got a um, warrant of fitness um, for uh, for homes, given the kind of crappy state of most of our houses. Um, we're also uh, introducing free dental. So yeah. we're trying to make sure that people have got enough to live on, but we're also looking at reducing living costs, whether that's accommodation, dental care, um, your your power bill. You know, yeah. like we've, yeah. we've got a, we just released a big package last weekend around um, ensuring that rental properties uh, are able to get the benefits of not just renewable power, but the lower the lower bills that come from that. Because currently, landlords have got no incentive to do up the house because they don't pay the power bill, right? The tenants yeah. pay the power bill, and of course, the tenants not going to do up the house a because they don't have any cash, but b it's not their house, yeah. right? So you've had so we want to resolve that problem as well. So. Make sure people have got enough to live on, reduce the cost of living where we can, fix climate change, save the environment. All of that works for students. And yeah. public transport. Oh, yeah, that yeah, one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get on to transport. <laughs> but, um, so housing, you guys mentioned housing, obviously yeah. one of the main factors in the cost of living crisis. Yeah. Do you two, are you homeowners? Are you renters? I still, I don't own a home. Yep. I do. Right. And you've said that access to a warm, dry, healthy home is a, is a human right, yep. but obviously that couldn't be further from the truth right now, mm-hmm. the situation for many students. Mm-hmm. What are your main, like you mentioned, rent controls, yep. but what are your main policies to help students with the dire state of housing? Yeah, it, it really is our focus on... So the two main things are massively, massively scaling up more affordable public community housing that will help to have affordable housing for everyone at the same time, um, restricting rent increases. It's not just restricting rent increases and it's not just about making homes healthier for students, but it's also things like um, being able to see what previous tenants were paying and not being ripped off going into new tenancies. So that's happening a lot Mm. at the moment as well. And we know that that makes it really hard for students trying to even find a home in the first place. Um, This would actually, we could actually, for example, and uh, bring down the current public housing waiting list um, over uh, five years if we were to commit to the plan that the Greens are proposing. And so that is going to have a a broad effect for everyone and especially and including students um, who are disproportionately impacted by unaffordable rents and homes as well. Yeah, on rent controls, mm. so they seem to be pretty like controversial with economists saying they, they don't work. Mm. Well, how do you respond to that? Would it work? Yeah, absolutely. So economists are looking at um, models that have been narrow rent controls. They've been looking at rent control in isolation of housing supply, and that's why um, we have included the increase of housing supply alongside rent controls. So automatically we've just shoved their argument back out the gate because they are discounting that we account for increasing supply and not having to rely on the private rental market um, as the bulk. And so that's why we've also 
included in our plan, looking at where the controls have worked. Mm. One of the big... No, I'm not going to be negative. Be negative, go on. One of the big things that economists are missing is they're focusing on where rent controls have been discriminatory. So they've only applied to some houses and not to others. What we are proposing is far more complex and dynamic and would apply across the board, which is how you don't um, get into the dangerous uh, approach of discriminating between houses that apply for rent controls. Yeah. And rental warrant of fitness, mm. so basically a mechanism to enforce the healthy home standards. Yes. How would that? Better. Yeah. How would that work, and why isn't it happening already? Well, you need. I mean, the the um, the start is that you need to register, right? Yeah. So you need to know uh, which homes in the country are rental, uh, you know, for rent, mm-hmm. um, and you need to know who owns those homes. So who are the who are the landlords? Because at the moment, uh, it's an essentially the the healthy home standard is an entirely uh, voluntary mm. um, standard, Pretty right? much. Um, and uh, the burden of proof is actually on the tenant mm. to say that, that you know they're calling out their landlord for not providing um, those kind of basics. But because there's so little housing and it's so precarious, people are terrified yeah. of dobbing in their landlord yeah. because they know that they'll get thrown out and yeah. have a black market against their name. So the, so the first thing that you need to do in order to be able to have a, a, a warrant of fitness system and to be able to guarantee it is you've got to have a, a, a register of properties um, and, and landlords. Um, and then you can, you can run a sort of a verification process through councils and through kind of local uh, community organisations like the Sustainability Trust here in Wellington, who already do a ton of work going out and, um, uh, you know, doing energy assessments and things like that. Yeah. Why do you reckon it's not happening already? Why isn't Healthy Homes being enforced? Have you seen who is represented in the House of Representatives and how many people um, are renters? Um, That's, you know, what I'm proud of about the Green Party is we've got both MPs who own and MPs who rent, but we all collectively are fighting for good policy to support renters no matter what. Unfortunately, that is not the case across the house. If people and students want to see housing really as a human right, they can vote for more Green Party MPs who have got a record on standing up for people who are struggling the most when it comes to housing. I'm going to go even a step further. Go. Um, And and this is because one of the lines that I borrow from you all the time, which (laughs) is that, you know, the, the Green Party starts with the end in mind and says, look, these are some really big challenges that we have in a country. And basically every other party, as far as we're concerned, is only prepared to go part of the way to solve the problem. Mm. And what that means is that they're making a deliberate choice to actually keep the problem in existence yep. because, you know, if I solve 25% of the problem, well, 70, 75% of the problem remains, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm therefore choosing to retain 75% of the problem. And because, you know, certainly um, Labour and National um, uh, kind of incrementalist parties, you know, and actually, I mean, Labour have done some good stuff with us in government over the course of the last six years. Um, But it is incremental and they've chosen to stop short of actually solving the problem. And, and, you know, I think if you look at all of the kind of big policy packages that we've put out, uh, we have said, well, what it, what would it take to actually solve that problem? And and why wouldn't we choose to yeah. do that? Because these are political choices. Yeah. Mm. And as Marma said, you can make a different choice yeah. 
And in order to do that, you've got to have different people running the country. Yeah. Yep. So lots of your housing policies are sort of, when you look at them, it's more tipping the balance from the power mm-hmm. to landlords, from landlords to renters and tenants. Do you care if you piss off a few landlords with these policies? Actually, a lot of people, including landlords, understand the, that we will all benefit when we have people living in warm, stable, <laughs> secure homes. And so, yeah, there are some who are very loud, but actually mm. landlords are also doing the right thing. Um, and the legislation, say, for Warren Fitness is required for the few who just continue um, to take benefit because they can, because the rules are set up for them to get away with charging incredible exorbitant prices for families who cannot afford it, for homes that are not quality, that are not healthy. Mm. And the rules let them. So, you know, mostly why wouldn't you? So there are the majority are, understand how this is good for all of us. Um, and it's just being able to put the systems and the rules in place for all landlords to be able to have clear guidance. Right. Transport, free public transport for students? We are the party that has led on public transport. And, yeah. you know, our colleague Julianne Genter yeah. is, you know, the Parliament's leading, uh, leading expert on this. Um, we need to make it affordable, as you say. We also need more of it, yeah. right? And, and, you know, we are badly underserved uh, as a country. And Wellington has had a half-decent mm-hmm. uh, public transport system, but it needs to be a decent public transport system. And we need to supplement it with, as we have been, things like more um, cycle lanes mm-hmm. and active modes of walking as well to give people um, more choices about how they get around. Wealth tax. Very quickly, can we just get a please explain what does this mean for students? I think most of your policies are costed to be paid for by the wealth tax. Yeah. Yeah. How does that work in terms of getting into government with Labour who effectively ruled it out. Where does that leave the oh, rest of your plans? Do you want to do this one? Yeah, or do oh, this let's one? both have a go because we <laughs> love this one. We yeah. love this one. You're probably really sick of it by yeah, now. Yeah. But. No politicians can rule anything out. That power is for voters. That power is for students to be able to vote for a wealth tax that will also see more money in students' and lower-income communities' pockets. And the more people that we get voting for this the more we will be able to get this policy over the line. Go, James. What she said. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. 30 seconds each. Can I get both of your pitches to students? Like, just give me a 30-second quick, why should students vote green this election? We know students care about ending homelessness, protecting our environment. We know students are leading the charge and calling for more climate action. It is only the Green Party that has the plan and the experience to resolve those issues, and we are asking for those votes to get more of us in there. Look, students are dealing with a lot right now, uh, you know, when it comes to their own cost of living, and we are putting forward policies that are going to help to do something about that. But that, as Martima says, you know, you guys have to live in a world which in which the climate has changed, mm-hmm. right, and, and it's going to keep changing. Um, and we are the only party that takes the climate crisis as seriously as that, that, that challenge demands, and we're the only party that is putting forward solutions to the climate crisis with the scale and the urgency of that crisis. And there, we're out of time mm. here. You know, we've been arguing about this for three decades. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now. The time is now to finch the interview. Thank you so much, Thank both you. of you. That Thanks. was great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.